Did you know it's possible to let your thoughts run to places that are not redemptive during frustrating and disappointing times? We are in those times. Now, there are two primary strongholds that we can run ourselves into. They are fear on one side, and there is anger on the other side. Fearfulness captures too many of us in dire situations. We just let our thoughts run amok, and eventually a stronghold rises up, and it captures us, and now we're caught in various forms of fear, anxiety, and worry and despair and such things. But on the other end of the spectrum, we have anger. And these are the two possible places that we can run to when when things are frustrating or times are disappointing, as these times are. In this podcast, I want to talk about anger. It is so common. I do it. You do it. We do it, and that's why it's vital to have a clear understanding of how anger manifests in our life. And so I want to get into anger at a granular level because it is a universal malady. It is something that we all do, and it's important that we take time to understand what we are doing why we are doing it, and how it affects others. You have people that you love. You don't want to corrupt them by your anger. And so if you have the time, would you take the next few minutes to think about your anger, as I have been thinking about mine by working through this podcast. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. This is your weekly dose of Your Daily Drive. I have an article on the website about this topic that I'm covering in this podcast. If you want to read the article, well, I want you to. There is a full transcript of everything that I'm going to share with you. The title of the article is, How to Overcome Our Most Damaging Response to Frustrating Times. I wanted to do this article because we are living in those times. Now, maybe all times are frustrating to varying degrees, but there is no question. I think everybody is in complete agreement here that 2020 is the most traumatic and frustrating and disappointing and whatever descriptor you want to add year to our lives. I have lived 61 years and I have never experienced a year like this one. And some of them have been pretty bad, but this is the worst one. And because of that, there are those two polar extremes that we could run to. One is fear. I struggle with it. I can become anxious if I'm not careful. And maybe at another time, another place, I can deal with that. Though we do have articles on our website about anxiousness and fear and despair and worry and those type things. And we have many articles on anger, but I want to deal with it in in this podcast. And so you can read what I am sharing with you. I also have a short video for you. We're doing a lot of videos these days, and we want to be able to offer people our three-pronged resource approach. You can, you can read, you can 
can listen and you can watch. That way it covers the majority of the demographic that we are trying to reach. And so if you want to watch a video about anger, it's called Cause and Solution for Anger. It is a work through of James chapter 4, which is the go-to passage on this topic of becoming anger angry. And then also have an infographic here, as well as some excellent call-to-action questions if you want to take the deeper dive and uh, make some assessments about yourself by getting into these call-to-action questions after you listen to this podcast. And as always, you're welcome to talk to us. That's what we want you to do. We don't want to just be a monologue ministry. We do want to do that. We always want to be pumping resources out into cyberspace so that people can get a hold of them and benefit from them. But we also want to dialogue with you. And so please take advantage of our free community forums. We have private forums for those who do support our ministry. And so you're welcome to get on whichever one is appropriate for you. I want to share with you a note that Marie sent in to us. She put it on our public forum. It is a very gracious note. Marie has been hanging out in our community for the last few months, and I'm so grateful that she is here. If I'm understanding this correctly, I I believe, I may get this wrong, but I believe Marie is the one uh, who has stated that she is not a Christian, but she loves being here because she likes what she's hearing. And the reason that's important for you to hear, especially those of you who support our ministry, I want you to know that we are reaching people far and wide, thousands upon thousands of people every month, and all of them are not Christ- are not Christians. Uh, a gay guy told me years ago that uh, I... I like reading your content because, well, I believe that I can talk to you. And it's one of the reasons that our brand is as it is, meaning that we don't have crosses and fishes hanging all over our website. We don't have it on the front porch hanging on the door. And so when you come to our website, it it looks like a, a welcoming, warm friendly website, and it's not off-putting in any way, and we work hard to make it that way. That is our brand, our vibe, our feel. The reason that we make it that way is that if we are going to offend you, we don't want to offend you until you come in the house. We want you to be offended by the gospel if you're going to be offended, but not by the paraphernalia hanging on the door. And so there is a warm relational feel to our ministry, and a lot of people really respond favorably to that. Even though the content sometimes is is hard-hitting, they, they do understand that this is a relational ministry, and you're welcome to be here whether you name the name of Christ or not. Marie said this. She said, now this, I'm doing this podcast the day before Thanksgiving of 2020. So I don't know when you're going to hear it, but it's the day before Thanksgiving. It's Wednesday before Thanksgiving 2020. And she said during this very special time of the year, and especially this year in particular, 2020, I like to, I, I like to call friends and simply say thank you for being a friend. So I felt it only fitting to do the same here on this forum. Thank you all who are here, and especially those with this ministry. This ministry and its resources have been a trusted friend that I seek counsel 
and guidance from. Thinking about how adrift so many amongst us are during this unprecedented time, I'm very thankful that the Lord helped me find this harbor in the storm. May everyone here have a lovely holiday. No matter who it is or isn't at the table, remember God is always there, so our bounty is limitless. God bless you all, Marie. Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to write that note. Anybody that stops by to write a note of encouragement, I want to honor them and just say thank you because I do understand the frenetic pace that many of us are obliged to and sometimes just stopping and saying thank you is is not a part of, of what we do. And so when someone does that, I do want to acknowledge that and say thank you so much. And so thank you, Marie, for your kindness to us. Those of you who support our ministry, I want you to especially hear that You are helping many people because of your generosity. The title of the podcast is How to Overcome Our Most Damaging Response to Frustrating Times. Now, I realize whenever you discuss anger, you want to distinguish between the proper form of it and all the others. As you know, the proper form of anger is righteous anger. And righteous anger does happen. And it's okay to be mad about some things. Of course, if you desire to learn whether what's coming from your lips or maybe what's coming from your heart is righteous, I do have an article here, and I would appeal to you to read it. I wrote an entire article on this idea of righteous anger because sometimes we can we can blur the lines between righteous anger and sinful anger. And so I would appeal to you, All of us need to be able, you need to be able to articulate what righteous anger is. If you can't articulate what righteous anger is, then, well, you can't be the judge of your anger. And so if you do have the time or make the note to take the time in the future and read this article, it's linked right here inside this one, and and that will help you to be able to not only articulate what righteous anger is, but be able to assess yourself to see which side of the line you are on. One of the most effective ways to discern if your anger is redemptive or righteous is to ask the recipient of your anger. And so let's say that you got angry at somebody. You got angry at your spouse. You got angry at your child. You got angry at your neighbor. What if you go to them and you ask them about your words toward them as to whether they would say it was righteous or not. Now, they could be wrong in their explanation of your anger, but if your goal is righteousness, think about this. Like, if it is righteous anger, then your goal is righteousness. And if your goal is righteousness, well, you should be willing to ask them if your anger is having a righteous, redemptive effect on them. You see, gospel-centered people, gospel-centered, angry people, have nothing to fear, nothing to protect, nothing to hide. If we're angry with someone or about something, we should be free to ask the opinion of the appropriate individuals how they hear us when we are speaking against things. Now, there are other ways to assess your anger, but the big idea here is is having enough self-suspicion about yourself that keep you from assuming you're right when you might not be. And I'm not suggesting that your anger is sinful. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that 
Well, you could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. I do always want to walk walk around with a a healthy dose of self-suspicion. I'm not talking about being paranoid. I'm not just talking about living in fear about what you say and what you do, but but the other side of that is to be arrogant and to think that you're always right. And so biblical self-suspicion is is a healthy thing. And so getting community input about our lives, it's not just valuable. It could transform us into better people. And so having competent, compassionate, courageous friends who, who speak into our lives is relationship gold. And do you have that? Do you have that gold? Do you possess gold? Do you have those relationships in your life who will? They do have the courage to speak in a compassionate way and a competent way, of course. And so, if you if you believe that your anger is righteous, well, just ask those who receive it. Now, sinful anger on the other side of the line—that's when we transgress, we cross the line. It comes in many packages. If you're open to the possibility of your anger being on the wrong side of righteousness, then I do appeal to you to explore the many options and types of sinful anger. Anger is just not one shade of black. There are, there are many shades. Most folks have a narrow category about this kind of verbal offense. I'm talking about sinful anger. And if you ask them to talk about their sinful anger, what they normally will they will talk about they will talk about the louder forms of anger i'm i'm talking about volatile anger like road rage throwing things flipping off folks and so when you ask people about sinful anger they will have that narrow category the volatile category these descriptions of anger do not usually consider all the Less dramatic forms of this sin. These lesser iterations are many, and they are varied. And I want to get into some of those. I want to poke around a bit in your life as I am poking in mine. As many of you know, as you've listened to me for a while, you know that my podcasts and the articles that I write, that they are autobiographical, that these are my journals that I'm sharing in the public domain. And so I'm not speaking to you as though it is detached from me. No, I am talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you. And so if you're interested in getting into the lesser dramatic forms of the sin of anger, and these are the forms that most of us um, do, uh, we're not necessarily prone. Most of us aren't prone to the volatile side of anger. You know, there is a significant problem with not identifying a sin, and, and, and that is that if you don't identify it, if you don't label it correctly, you can't change. Imagine that, having an issue but not discerning it, well, that keeps you stuck in it. And the lasting effect of any transgression is soul-diminishing. You shrink into a lesser person than what you could be. It's spiritual entropy. Entropy is a word that's tied to the law of thermodynamics, where there is just random increasing disorder, and that's what I mean by a diminishing effect. It's spiritual entropy to not be able to discern, to rightly label, to articulate 
It's something that you do, that, that you do, and it keeps you stuck in it. And that does have that lasting effect, the diminishing effect. We should be transforming and renewing our minds each day. We are growing upward and outward not downward and wasting away the diminishing effect. If we're not aware of our self-sabotaging effects on our souls, we will not just decline inwardly, but it will diminish our relational possibilities. We can become toxic to others and never even realize it. And so the right thing to do is to create proper sin categories for all of our attitudes, our words, and our actions. And once you reclassify anger biblically, you don't have a narrow category that just includes volatile anger, road rage, throwing things, and flipping off folks. But you have a broader and more expansive way of categorizing and classifying anger biblically. And when you do that, we can see what we're doing to ourselves. And, and if we see what we're doing to ourselves, we're not in that soul-diminishing effect. There should be motivation to change. Now, typically when I talk to someone about the possibility of being angry, they usually respond along the lines of, Oh, no, I'm not an angry person. I'm just frustrated. Do you see what they did? They believe... My sinful anger diagnosis is wrong. I, I listen to them, and from my perspective, I say, you sound sinfully angry to me. And they say, oh, no, I'm not an angry person. I'm just frustrated. And many times what they do not realize is how they have rounded the corners off their anger, and they have softened it just enough not to perceive it. Sinful frustration is sinful anger. Frustration and anger, in this sense, are synonyms. They mirror each other. Now, I have already addressed righteous anger. I've already provided a way for you to self-diagnose that possibility within your community of friends. Just ask them. And, of course, you can read the article that I, I mentioned. And so from this point forward, I'm not talking about righteous anger any longer. I just want to talk about the anger that you and I commit where we need to change. And so I am going to be speaking to the many manifestations of sinful anger, not just the volatile aspect of anger. And one of the most popular infographics from our ministry is called the Anger Spectrum. And I have this infographic inside this article, which I created to demonstrate how this sin can manifest in so many ways. Again, the title of the article is, How to Overcome Our Most Damaging Response to Frustrating Times. And if you want to look at this infographic, please do. It is yours. You can use it. Put it up on a, on a screen and show it to your small group. Show it to your church. Show it to your Sunday school class. Please use our resources. I, 
I want you to do that. We, we are giving our stuff away. And the reason we're doing that is because, let me give you a list of, of names, people who support our ministry. Talia, by the way, thank you so much for your donation to our ministry. Talia, Talia is a, a lovely guitarist uh, who supports our ministry, not only on a monthly basis, but she also has contributed to our $50,000 campaign that we are in so that we can continue to build out the resources we need to give away to people. And so Talia, but then there is also Lisa and Jean and Mario and Alan and Kathy and James and Lauren and William and Michael and William, another one. And then there's Joan and Francis and John Andrea and Angelita. These are just some of the names of the folks who support our ministry, and it is why we can give this stuff away. And so thank you so much. And I want you to get this anger spectrum. I'm not going to articulate it fully here uh, in this podcast, but you can look at you can look at it and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. But what it is basically, is that it is a picture of many manifestations of one sin. The one sin is anger. And then on the spectrum, there are many labels. I have road rage and flipping off and throwing things and physical abuse and boiling mad and lecturing and sexual abuse and verbal abuse and hatred and racism. Those are all manifestations of anger, and what you will see is that those things are on the volatile side of the anger spectrum. But these descriptors that I list here, is, it's not exhaustive. It's merely a sampling of how we can react to others in corruptive ways. I'm using the word corruptive the way that Paul did in 429, where he said, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up. That's righteous anger. It builds up. It fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And again, I ask you, if your anger is righteous and you believe it so, ask someone and ask them if it fits the occasion and if it gives grace to those who hear. But on the anger spectrum, a non-exhaustive list of labels It gives you a sampling of how we can react to other people in corrupting ways. Now, as you read the list of these labels on my anger spectrum, perhaps you can add your more common reactions to the list in the graphic as you look at the categories, because maybe I have not included yours. You see, we all have our preferential way of getting angry at people, places, and things. And without understanding the gradations of anger you may not perceive yours, which means you will not be able to change. Paul told us to put off our former manner of life, that life that we brought into our Christian experience. But if you don't know how to identify destructive behaviors or words or attitudes, you'll not be able to put them away. How kind of the Lord to provide the insight we need to put off, to renew, and put on Christ. Now, you can take every word, every label. I did not read them all to you, but you can take all the words in the anger spectrum, and you can pour them into one basket, and then you can put a label over the basket, and you can call that basket anger, regardless of the manifestation You know, it's like there are shades of black 
Well, there are shades of anger. Now, this kind of labeling, you got to get the label right. Well, it's not a call to go word police on, on someone, meaning you don't have to become hung up on the label as long as you understand any variation of sinful anger is destructive. And you also don't want to fall into the comparison trap. You know, it could sound like this. Well, my anger is smaller and less consequential than your sin of anger. You see, I am just negative, or I am just huffing under my breath. I am merely impatient. I am only rolling my eyes. You are physically abusing me. You want to make sure that you don't fall into that trap because that is a bad trap. Just because you're not the kind of person to throw a chair across a room or yell obscenities in congested traffic, it does not mean a smaller nail put Christ on the cross, that put Christ on the cross is is better. Just because you use a smaller nail to put Christ on the cross and the other person used a bigger nail, Christ died for all sins, any sin, big or small, makes you guilty as if you committed them all, according to James 2.10. Some folks express their anger through impatience, apathy, dismissiveness, and frustration, as I have already illustrated. These are the more refined manifestations of a singular sin. The more coarse and obvious ones do not typically characterize us civilized Christians. Of course, the temptation with people like us is to dismiss our anger because it's not as volatile and the consequences are less dramatic. But being blind to your blindness is the worst possible condition of the soul. The comparison trap will trap you into self-justifications about how you respond to others. And once you remove the grievousness of your sin, no matter how small it is, by watering it down, rounding the corners, softening it, you'll be less motivated to repent. Paul talked about the accidental Pharisee problem when he addressed the Corinthians. He said this in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. He said, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding. If you feel the urge to compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself with Christ. (laughs) That's a leveler, right? He is the measuring stick that you want to gauge your maturity. Comparing yourself with others may make you feel better. Comparing yourself to Christ is the Christian's reality check. Now, James talked about it like this. He said, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder He's talking about anger here. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Don't you love James? He did not mix his, mince his words. He called all anger murder. That is the basket, and that is the label upon all the manifestations. And you see this in the anger spectrum, for example. On the volatile end of the spectrum, you see physical murder. 
which says, I mean, you know what physical murder says. It says, I don't like you anymore, so I'm getting rid of you. But then if you move all the way to the other side of the spectrum in the infographic, you see the milder but similar form of murder. It's called the silent treatment. Where physical murder says, I don't like you anymore, so I'm getting rid of you, the silent treatment says, I don't like you anymore, but I'm a Christian. I will not physically disappear you, but I will treat you as though you do not exist to me. And that's the silent treatment. So there's two extremes. Now, there is no question that physical murder is a consequentially worse manifestation of anger on the anger spectrum than silent treatment. But we want to factor in our sin's consequences and steer away from the more severe ones. Sure, you don't want to do that. You don't want to physically murder anyone, so you do want to factor in consequences. And you do want to steer away from the more severe consequences, but you don't want to rationalize a refined sin into acceptability. Any form of anger is an offense against a holy God. Go back to the nail illustration that I used earlier. Just because your anger sin is a smaller nail in the hands of Christ, well, you don't want to manipulate your own mind by trifling rationalizations. And so murder is how we, at times, Rick and Lucia, communicate the sin of anger in our home. And while we don't want to give ourselves over to non-redemptive hyperbole, I hope that our children can see the wretchedness of their sin regardless of how it manifests. If any sin puts Christ on the cross, I want to take all sin seriously, even the less consequential ones. When I am impatient, I have found it helpful to think of myself as a murderer. True story. When I see myself as a murderer, there is no place to hide. There is no justification to proffer. There is only one option, repent, to those who have, who have experienced my version of sinful anger. The title of this podcast is How to Overcome Our Most Damaging Response to Frustrating Times. Well, one is fear, as I talked about at the head of this podcast, but the other that I've been dealing with throughout this podcast is anger. And I have some call-to-action questions at the bottom of this article. I have the video inside here. I also have the Anger Spectrum infographic. You're welcome to assess all of these resources freely. Go for it. Enjoy. Share. Thanks for listening.